What is up, Lit and Lucid Podcast fans? Welcome back to another episode of the show. This week we're blessed with the presence of Danny Sloat of Alpin Stash. Danny's going to cover sustainable cannabis and not just sustainable cannabis, but what that actually looks like and why that matters to you. We're also going to discuss the proper selection of flour at a dispensary and the tough questions you should be asking your butt tender. So stay tuned, stay lit, and stay educated fans. Here's your episode. everybody to the lit and lucid podcast we are here recording episode 28 with danny sloat founder of alpin stash he is recording live here from longmont colorado with us what's up danny hey guys how's it going it's going great pleasure to have you on thank you for joining us Yeah. yeah no problem thank you for having me on yeah, so we're excited to have Danny on today. He is a local Colorado cultivator specializing in small batch, clean, sustainable cannabis. So we're really excited to learn more about his business model and his company. A little bit about Danny. Uh, back in his early 20s, he was suffering from chronic stomach pains and debilitating illnesses. And at the time, they really couldn't figure out you know, the source of the problem, and he was on over 19 medications. Um, and with that frustration came um, a suggestion from his dad that maybe he should look into medical cannabis. So he decided to get his red card, um, being able to have access to one of the first dispensaries in Boulder. And during, by using cannabis, um, he was able to lose 70 pounds and get himself off of those 19 pain medications that he was taking. So that really kind of inspired him and his future, and he decided to open Alpine Stash at that time as a cultivator, really specializing in this small batch craft cannabis. Uh, they focus on using all natural, sustainable practices, aiming to provide the highest quality, cleanest, healthiest cannabis grown by care in Colorado natives. So that's really exciting. We're super excited to learn about that and kind of your background and how you got to this point. Yeah, definitely. It's been a uh... It's been quite the journey for me, going from a, you know, patient, somebody that didn't really use cannabis. Uh, man, I did a little bit in high school and a little bit after there, but uh, I did not use it with any regularity. Going from that, um, and on the, all this pain medication, all these issues, to uh, taking cannabis and then very quickly uh, kind of get my life back, uh, and then deciding to pursue that as a career. Uh, it's been been quite an experience. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, the timing was very well too. So, um, did legalization did that you know tickle you to death when that kind of came about, or or was it something that you were you know pretty passionate about pushing forward yourself? Uh, I, I mean, it was it was very when when it became legal for anybody in Colorado, it was really cool that that happened. Um, you know, I was I was definitely pushing for it. I wasn't you know out there like campusing or anything like that, but. Uh, doing what I could, and I mean, it, it was just, it, it was a really big step uh, in the right direction, and it was it was awesome to see it just become more accessible uh, to people in this state, you know, it's kind of a small victory because it, it was limited to this state, and um, I think Washington as well at the time, um, you know, it, it's exciting to see it go kind of spread across the country. Yeah. 
Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think it still has a long way to go, but um, you know, Colorado's definitely been at the forefront of moving that forward. And um, I still think it's, it's kind of there in a lot of other fronts too that come along with legalization. Uh, you know, really similar to your grow now. Um, I, I would say 10 years ago, I don't think there was a whole lot of people caring where cannabis was coming from, where it was grown, but now it's very much a huge question mark of, you know, how is your cannabis grown? Um, what does that process look like? Is it grown sustainably? Is it organically? All those things are coming into play now uh, because of legalization, and you're now being a part of that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that um, makes me the happiest is, is every day I hear more and more uh, people are caring where uh, their cannabis comes from. They're caring, you know, which farm it comes from, who grows it, how they grow it, you know, whether they cure it, how they cure it, all, all those things that just as a person that, that has devoted themselves to trying to do the best, uh, to have people recognize that, you know, and, and care about that really matters to us and has been super rewarding. Yeah. So maybe kind of explain to the listeners what the benefit of having clean cannabis is, especially kind of like how you're using it medicinally. What is the, the reason behind that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, there's, there's kind of this misnomer between, uh, recreational and medical cannabis. A lot of people have this idea that they are somehow different uh, when in fact they are uh, pretty much the same from a, a strainer cultivar, cultivar standpoint to a growing practice standpoint. Uh, you know, in a grow, the, the difference between medical and recreational cannabis is, is generally one plant is kind of marked for medical and one is for recreational. Um, so, but we treat it as, even though we grow recreational plants, we treat it as they're all medicine for people. And so what that entails for us is, is it starts with you know, caring uh, and motivated in, in growers uh, and employees. Um, Alpenstash, we're a small company. We have four employees, one of which is my wife. Two of them are really good friends. Uh, so we're a very small family. Um, we, we start with just a clean facility from the ground up. Uh, and, and then we also really try to use the healthiest inputs for our plants. And so for that, you know, they're organic inputs, uh, they're, they're handcrafted in Eugene, Oregon. So our plants have healthy nutrients that then passes on the benefit uh, to the end user. Um, so aside from, you know, clean growing practices from people that care uh, in a clean environment, the other thing that we do is we really take our time with the finished product. Uh, we, we cure it in glass so that, that the person that gets that can have kind of the cleanest experience. One of the problems we run, in most, run into most in, in this market here is that when uh, a, uh, when there's a harvest, it's just kind of sent right off to the store as soon as it's it's dried, and that kind of it takes a product that could be good and just makes it subpar. We really take our time and age it uh, in the right conditions, you know, in glass to make sure that you know it's a smooth experience. Um, it's not harsh on the lungs. It's flavorful, and, and you kind of get the best benefit uh, of of the plant that you're ingesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's something that really is important nowadays, too, for people to really try to understand that um, there's, there's a lot of cannabis out there. And you can go really to any dispensary and buy any type of cannabis, all different strains, all different grow types. Um, but as there's you know more and more pumped onto the market, it's really more beneficial for you to understand how it's cultivated, when it's cultivated, all those things. And also that, you know, the THC potency maybe is not the, you know, the, the, you know, the gold standard of product out there, it's more of, you know, these, these organic and sustainable practices that are, should be the gold standard of product. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's very, very similar to, to the craft beer market. You know, you can go to a liquor store and you can get super cheap beer and super expensive beer. Um, where we benefit from being in a place that really cares about craft beer. So we have a wide selection, of very high quality beers and people that get into it, you know, I mean, the different hops, where they come from, you know, all the different brewing methods and, and the different uh, flavors that they use, like really matter to people here. And the gold standard for beer is not, uh, and for liquor, uh, any type of liquor is not the alcohol content. It's, you know, the flavors, you know, how it affects you, you know, it, it's more so the experience and, you know, the morning after than it is the alcohol content. And um, that, that in particular, the, the potency is kind of a sore spot for us because THC is only part of the potency anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, we enjoy seeing that, that we're, consumers are kind of drifting away from, from that in particular and more towards, you know, the product as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe can you speak about that? Do you think that's where the consumer demand is going to craft cannabis, or what do you think the future is? Yeah, I mean, I think that the more mature a market becomes and the more available a product becomes, the more people want a craft product, you know, and a better experience. And we see that kind of in everything, you know, I mean, you know, from chocolate to, to cured meats to beer and alcohol, I mean, that, that ends up being what people what matters to a lot of people. Um, certainly, price point is something that matters to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for those that are a little bit flexible in that area, certainly move, move towards craft. And you know, what we hope to see is is that you know the price kind of comes down even in the craft market in general. I mean, the way the wholesale market is right now, the dispensaries have quite a bit of markup, and it's it's frustrating for us to see, you know, sometimes our product is priced so high uh, when we think it could be more affordable. So, you know, we're looking forward to, to just craft being more widely available to everybody. Um, not only because of, you know, things like flavor, uh, terpene profile, but also just general, like clean growing methods and sustainable growing methods. You know, I think that those are, um, you know, I mean, it, it takes, takes kind of a, a a more controlled environment and a, and a better knowledge base to, to kind of deliver those products. But in the end, I think everybody should be able to, to have those and experience that. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about, you know, sustainable practices and sustainable products. <clears throat> but what, what do those things actually look like on a, on like a consumer standpoint or for, you know, someone who doesn't really know about the grow process and what all goes into it or really how anything's grown for that matter, you know, maybe they don't even understand how, you know, the cucumbers are grown. What does it mean to be grown sustainably or organically? Yeah, absolutely. So we start with uh, the nutrients that we use. We also call those inputs. Um, so the kind of the standard uh, nutrient regimen for many grows is uh, a synthetic or salt-based nutrient system. Uh, those are, they have uh, a large impact on the environment, uh, both to, to mine and, and to deliver, uh, they also do things like they can pollute groundwater. Uh, they, they're full of heavy metals. Um, and in general, it's kind of like, uh, the way I like to describe it is like a bodybuilder that uses, you know, a lot of the, this, you know, the kind of t steroids and testosterone things that you can get at GNC as opposed to somebody that uses, you know, lots of high quality whole foods. So we start kind of at that base, uh, 
The nutrients we use are organic nutrients that come from uh, local natural farms, uh, handcrafted out in Eugene, Oregon. It's a nutrient system called Nectar for the Gods. So we start with, with plants that are fed a, a really healthy nutrient um, that, that comes uh, in a sustainable way. One of the issues with synthetic nutrients is that the way that they're gathered and the way that they're mined is very damaging to the environment. Uh, phosphorus, for example, which is one of the, the macronutrients, it's the most needed nutrients, is strip mined mostly out of Morocco. Uh, there's a finite supply of it. So once the earth is kind of out of that, it's out of that. Um, but it's strip mined in Morocco. It comes out radioactive from the ground. Uh, and so because there's a non-proliferation treaty with Morocco, Morocco actually sends all of that phosphorus to America where we scrub it from, we scrub out the radioactive material, send it back to Morocco, where they then package it up and send it back to America for use <laughs> in things like agriculture. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's a very intensive process, <laughs> not to mention the working conditions, strip mining it out of the ground are you know, pretty subpar. Uh, and, and then like I mentioned before, then when you get an excess of fertilization, that runoff and you, people pour it down the drain you know, it just goes into the ground, it pollutes the groundwater and really causes environmental damage. Um, so we kind of go the other route, you know, we, we have a, we grow in a living soil, living environment that we create there filled with compost and earthworms and, you know, kind of a beneficial soil food web. We give it, uh, you know, natural inputs and then kind of let the plant do its thing too. You know, that's an, an, another thing that we believe in is a transparent growing process and a natural one. So we, our philosophy is kind of like the plant knows how to grow and it knows better how to grow than we do. And we just provide it with a good environment and the right food and love and let it do its thing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I did not know any of those things to be quite <laughs> frank. So that's, uh, I yeah. appreciate the knowledge. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So Nectar for the Gods, yeah. you know, is, and they're out of Eugene, Oregon. Is that what you said? Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, so that they, they, they're a small time, uh, nutrient producer. One of the benefits that they have is they have natural, uh, ingredients like bone meal and fish bone meal and, you know, seabird guano and things like that. And they're able to break it down, uh, for plant use in a natural way. Just like, you know, when you eat food, you have to digest it. A plant has to, it can't just take bone meal and, and uptake the bone meal. It's got to be broken down. Um, but they do it in a way they use heat and, and naturally occurring acids to break that down for, for plant use. Um, they're also the second largest water reclamation facility in Oregon. So everything is rainwater rinsed uh, in terms of the soil or made with rainwater in terms of the nutrients. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. So where, are, where can you find your product in Colorado? Uh, you know, we're, we're very small. We sell it pretty quick. And so... We're kind of limited as to where we're available right now. Uh, Green Dream and Gun Barrel, um, Starbuds either in Longmont or Niowat, and then Mile High Dispensary in Denver have kind of been our biggest uh, purchasers recently. Cool. Uh, the, the best way to track us down is to either reach out to us. You can visit our website, alpenstash.com, and follow us on Instagram. We definitely keep up with updating where we're available. Yeah, and I saw you guys had like some YouTube videos too, or it looked like. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, you know, we really believe in a transparent growing process. Uh, we also believe in just sharing and spreading the information that we, we've gathered uh, and empowering people not only to know what goes into growing 
and the practices we use, but to, to grow at home and, and try it for themselves. So to that end, we have a YouTube uh, channel where we share, you know, kind of our growing techniques um, and advice and things like that. And, and people are like interacting with you and looking for those ty- that type of information? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, people all the time, you know, what do you use and why do you use it? You know, how do you, what goes into your soil? How do you mix that up? You, you know, uh, different things like that. It, it really, it really bugs me when, when growers kind of have, um, you know, patented grow techniques or things that they don't want to share. I mean, I, again, this is a plant and knows how to grow and, and we believe in the complete opposite. We just want to share information and, 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 you know, the more that the more that we share, the more people understand, you know, how much love and care and thought goes into our process and our products and, um, you know, the better it'll be for us in the end. But also, uh, you know, I mean, this plant was so beneficial to me and, and, you know, to my, my wife and the other people that work with us that, um, you know, we just want to share kind of the love and, and healing of, of the plant and growing the plant in general. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even with nowadays, I think there's a lot of focus on both sides of it. Obviously, there's a recreational industry and there's a medical industry. Um, but the stats are still showing that even something like, I think, 40 to 50 percent of the users on the recreational industry are using it for medicinal purposes. So cannabis and marijuana and weed, whatever you want to call it, is still very much medicinal plant and needs to be grown with care because that's what it's going towards. It's going towards people's own uh, health care. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's it, regardless of what it's going towards, it's going in your body. Yeah. So that's right. kind of first and foremost, you know, and into your lungs for many people, which is a very sensitive area. Um, the other reality is, is that most people use it, you know, for medicinal purposes, whether they know it or not. I mean... Mm-hmm. Let's face it, to like relax and unwind is pretty healing in general. So, you know, we kind of start, we, we treat it like it's medicine for everybody mm-hmm. and, um, and that it's clean and natural medicine, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's earth magic to us. So say you're, say you're trying to smoke some, some marijuana at night to relax and unwind from a day and you smoke something grown with uh, synthetic pesticides and it's killing your throat and you're sitting there coughing and hacking a lung and. I don't think that's going to cure your anxiety at all or stress. It's going to probably make you more anxious. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually another thing, you know, that the old adage of you got to cough to get off is so kind of outdated and and favors at at its base, you know, poor growing and curing methods. Um, You know, we kind of got to change that. You should, when you, you know, have a a, a well-grown flower, it should be a smooth going in and smooth going out and you shouldn't have a sore throat. You shouldn't, you know, feel bad the next day or have any type of hangover, you know, it should be a very natural uh, and very pleasant experience kind of all over. So I would tell people, you know, if, if you have to cough, if you're coughing when you, you know, smoke that, then you should look at that material and, and try something else. Mm-hmm. So are you guys like relying on bud tenders to kind of sell your product to these consumers when they come in looking for it? Or like what would a consumer ask to figure out, you know, where clean cannabis is or, how do you know? We, we do try to educate the bud tenders. Um, you know, uh, kind of sharing our practices on YouTube and social media helps too. Um, it's, it's a wacky market for sure, and there's different uh, levels of, of kind of, you know, bud tender knowledge and awareness. And so asking the bud tender absolutely uh, helps. You know, what I like to say, though, is <clears throat> find the farm and the people that you support or a few of them and really look 
for those people and, and kind of, you know, support that. I mean, you know, just like, uh, just like beer, you know, you find a beer company that you like and, and, a, and a brew that you like, and you go to your liquor store and you, you look for that. Mm-hmm. And you go to another one or a bar and, you know, you'll still go for, you know, Avery or Upslope there, you know, just support the people that you believe in and that are doing it the right way. Definitely pick your butt tender's brain though, because a lot of times they really do have a good, uh, you know, knowledge base and, and they are in tuned. So, you know, it's, it's kind of it's a mixture of, of asking questions, but also doing your own research and supporting the people that, you know, you like and jive with you. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. So if you're listening, you're probably already a step ahead because you're already educating yourself, but go poke your friends, <laughs> go tell them and ask them, do they know where their cannabis is coming from? Don't let your friends smoke shitty weed. That'll be our new yeah, you campaign. Know, my, my wife, my wife and I joke about what it'll be like with, you know, when we, when we have kids and when they get old enough to use cannabis and we're like, you know, they might spite us by, you know, no, dad, I'll only smoke, you know, big scale, you know, large cannabis. <laughs> and that would be the absolute worst. So really do inform your friends. Um, and, you know, you vote with your dollars. And there are a lot of really, really good people in this industry that are doing this the right way because it's something they love to do. And they want to pass it on with you. You know, on the flip side, though, there are a lot of really big players that are in this industry. And this is just a commodity to them. And, you know, they, in our opinions, aren't doing it the right way or the healthy way. And, you know, again, you vote with your dollars. So find those people that you support and support them. Mm-hmm. It's super important. Absolutely. Yeah. Supporting small businesses for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out to your grower too and ask them some of those tough questions of how's this cannabis grown? How do you cure this cannabis? Um, all those different things. And, and if they don't want to tell you that, then happily find somebody who does tell you that because there's quite a few out there who are open just like Danny and, and are willing to share with you, you know, how, how it's grown, how it's cultivated, how it's cured, processed, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and a lot of us, you know, that are into that, like, I love talking about this. So if somebody asks me, you know, I just won't reply with like a yes or a no. It'll be a full explanation because it's, you know, I'm passionate about it. And, and so look for those people that are driven. You know, again, I do this because I love doing this and, and I love sharing this information. And, um, you know, this is just what we love to do. Yeah. So did you have any businesses prior to Alpenstash or is this your first entrepreneurial little gig here? Uh, no, this is definitely my first entrepreneurial uh, uh, project. There you go. <laughs> How has it been yeah. going? How do you feel about it in general? Uh, it has been very tough and very rewarding at the same time. Um, you know, I've always been somebody that kind of hits the ground running, and this has certainly been that. You know, dealing with you know all the regulation and, and the political climate and, and all those things, in addition to the small business uh, aspect of it, has, has been very challenging. But it's been super rewarding. I'm so lucky that my wife is a part of this and she helps out big time and that, you know, I get to uh, work with two of my best friends and we, you know, kind of as a team, we all just get to do this and, you know, really make it work. I think if, if I didn't have the support of those people, it would be uh, a much harder and much less rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, much love to you, and I mean, I know uh, you made it this far, so I, you're gonna have uh, your bright, bright futures ahead for sure. So keep, keep trucking along. Um, it's never, you know, if it's not a struggle, it's probably when you should start worrying why, why things aren't going wrong. But right. that's the typical path of an entrepreneur: the ups <laughs> and downs. So, 
Yeah, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that, you know, every day people care more and more about craft and every day people care you know, more about where their flower is coming from and, and everything else that goes into it. That's kind of what keeps, keeps me and keeps us going as well. Yeah, for sure. We've been trying to push the uh, hashtag, uh, what's in your weed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're trying that's a great to, one. I'll, I'll start using that. Yeah, start using that one for sure. Because people don't know. I mean, it's just not even a thing. People don't know. And, you know, as if you get even into things like food, you know, what some of these big ag corporations and big industry does to the things that go into your body before it makes it into your body is, is terrible. Right. And with so many people that love to do this, you know, whether it's growing, growing food or brewing beer or alcohol or, or, what, or, you know, growing cannabis, whatever it is, there are so many people that want to do this uh, for the right reasons that it's so important that, you know, you become informed so that you can support the right people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's kind of how we, we take this back. You know, you know, all of this is, is by being informed consumers and voting with your dollars. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I haven't heard that one a lot, but I, I really want to use that one more. Vote with your do- yeah. dollars. Very yeah, I mean, say what you want about our political system, um, but the truth is, is that you every time you spend money, you vote. Right. And and that that's the vote that matters. <clears throat> I was just thinking about how guilty I feel right now, because we like we never can find good weed, and it's like a struggle. And we just bought an ounce the other day, just for the sheer fact that we needed to buy an ounce, and it's terrible. Yeah. And like. If we would have just, you know, taken a little bit more time to do some more research and then drive ourselves the 30 minutes we were going to drive anyways to the dispensary, to the dispensary that is actually growing, you know, the way that we appreciate and what we want, it would have been so much better. And now we're sitting here with an ounce we don't want to even smoke because it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we hear we hear things like that all the time, like people, you know, just don't know and they spend the money that they would anyways. And then, you know. In some circles, a, a lot of the legal cannabis in Colorado has a bad rap because there there's a lot of it that is subpar. And so, you know, taking the time and, and supporting people you want. Absolutely. You know, we're out there. So yeah, you yeah. Know, you just have to you we're, just we're have to there. find these people for sure. I mean, because yeah. it, it's it's frustrating going to the dispensary. I mean, we'll sit there and we'll smell ten jars and we're like, well, none of those smelt good. Yeah, <laughs> you I'll <know>? smell okay. <laughs> yeah, that all smelt terrible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know that a, a lot of that has to do with the curing, and and that's a frustrating thing because it's so absent in in this market. I mean, it would be as if you know all the wine in the liquor store, none of it was aged. You know, I mean, cannabis just really, really, really is is much better when it's aged in the right environments and in the right condition, using things like glass or non-reactive material as opposed to plastic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we send our flour out to the dispensaries in the glass jars it was cured in. And, you know, so we, we do everything we can to make sure that you as the consumer get the best quality product that you can. Uh, and, and that takes time and it takes knowledge and it takes mm-hmm. passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does, yeah. And I mean, yeah, the same with, with the consumer as well. It just takes time for you to figure it out. That. The weed you're smoking is not the best for you, and you should probably find something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so much available. You know, shop around if you if you don't know what you're going for. I mean, please reach out to us if you have any questions. But if you just don't know, or if, know if you're in a different state and you're listening to this, you know, variety is a spice of life. So shop around. You know, 
pick bud tenders brains like mm -hmm. you said before if you ask tough questions and people you know can't answer it or won't answer it or give short you know answers like maybe look somewhere else yeah yeah, don't feel bad leaving. Like, because I feel like once no, you walk yeah. in a dispensary, like, you feel like that's it. Like, you have to make a purchase, but you really don't. Yeah, no, definitely not. And, you know, and, and it's worth, if you find those people that, you know, the farms or the blood tenders that treat you right and give you the experience you want and, you know, point you in the right directions, you know, definitely support those people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What was the dispensary in Denver again? Mile High? Uh, Mile High. Yeah, we're and we're actually, out. we have uh, a big order going out tomorrow uh, that we just got this afternoon. So if you tune into our uh, Instagram, we'll tell you where that's going. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. We'll yeah. go get some fresh, we, clean blood. We'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. That, that would be awesome. We'll be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I think we had a productive talk. And, and as always, I think um, if there's any more questions or if you guys are curious about anything else, don't hesitate to reach out to Lucy and I. Uh, hit us up at litlucidpodcast at gmail.com. And, and also, uh, Danny, how can they reach you? Uh, you can find us on the web, www.alpenstash.com. Uh, Instagram is a great resource, at Alpenstash. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, and then you can reach us, uh, alpenstash at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, and I think really, you know, the reoccurring theme of most of these topics is really just educating yourself as a consumer and taking responsibility for your own cannabis consumption. Be aware of what you're consuming and, you know, like you said, picking the dollars for what you want to see happen. So I, I agree with all of that. So thank you so much for being on our show and talking to us about clean cannabis. Uh, if you are in the Denver or Longmont area or Niwa, try to find yourself some Alpenstash. I know we are going to go on the hunt, so we will let you know how that goes. Throw up some pictures awesome. of us smoking it and consuming it. And, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, help you guys try to find it as well. Awesome. Thank you guys so much uh, for the support and for the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yep, appreciate it, Danny. Yeah. All right. And with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. This episode of Lit and Lucid Podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Creative and Design. YooHoo Creative specializes in marketing, social media management, content creation, and other creative needs. YooHoo, helping your company become who you need to be. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at yoohooCreative at gmail.com.